Hello, parents. Welcome to the Masterful Parenting Podcast. I'm Ann Alvarez, parent coach, school counselor, and mom of two. Do you struggle with your relationship with your kids because you carry childhood pain? Do you get triggered by your child's behavior, become irrational, and maybe even yell at your children? Maybe you want to be a better parent, but you don't know how. Instead of repeating old patterns, you want to heal your pain, become more aware of your child's needs, feel connected to your kids, and learn the tools to communicate better so you can truly enjoy your parenting. If you are ready to heal your childhood pain, raise healthy, connected, and happy kids, and end the cycle of parenting with pain, then join me. Our kids deserve it, and we can do this. Let's go. Hello, parents. Welcome to the Masterful Parenting Podcast. I am super excited because we have a special guest today. Her name is Brenda Mingi. She is a retired nurse and now a holistic pain management practitioner and a holistic trauma therapist and life coach. She has a nationally licensed Reiki master as well as certifications in family development, PTSD and PTSD management. And she's the author of many books. So we will have her children's books and adults books uh, titles available for you if you want to check them out. So welcome, Brenda. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. So nice to have you. Um, So I want to ask you a few questions. So my first question is, like, how do parents help their kids when they're dealing with heavy things like loss in the family. First thing, and this goes for the parent and the child, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. Acknowledge that. It's okay. Sorry, there's traffic. That's okay. <laughs> <In> your motorcycles. <laughs> no it's problem. okay to feel. It's okay to feel whatever you feel and let your child know it's safe for them to feel whatever they feel. They may not respond the way you feel is appropriate, but they're looking at life. And this is important for you to understand as a parent. A child looks at life through the lens of a child. You look at life through the lens of an adult. Those are two diametrically opposed lens. So let's keep that in mind. Try to you know, bend a little bit, be considerate, be compassionate, empathetic, and be very supportive when they're going through something heavy. Let them yeah. know that you are their safe space. Excellent. And then how, what if the parent is also suffering the loss? How does the, how does the parent get help? They can help each other. First of all, don't, don't lie to the child. I'm going to use a scenario that grandma was sick and is dying or died. Okay. Because it happens in so many families and always be age appropriate and don't lie to your child. That's, you know, it's all about trust and honesty and mutual support and respect. Mm -hmm. So if grandma is sick, it's okay for the child to know grandma is sick. If grandma is sick and going to pass, age appropriate, allow the child to tell grandma goodbye. You need to talk to your child, again, age appropriate about death and dying. You could start out talking about how flowers You know, they bloom and they're beautiful. And then, you know, they start to wilt 
and then the petals fall off and, you know, and then you can go to animals or just whatever. There's a lot of books on talking to your kids about death and dying. Go to your family clergy. Yeah, please be honest. Don't lie to them. Don't tell them grandma's going on a long trip and won't ever be back. Well, yeah, grandma, grandma's gone, but let's not lie about it. Let's be right. truthful. And if grandma was a smoker and died of lung cancer, don't tell your child, please don't start guilting your child. And this is why we don't smoke. Don't, 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 don't do that. This is a time to come together as a team and support each other, hold each other as you're grieving the loss. Yeah, because actually grief can bring people together. It, right? it can, it hmm. can, if you allow it to, if you're open to that. And also a topic that we just touched on a, a little while ago, a lot of families, especially divorced families, families who are separated, not everybody gets along. and at, at a funeral, when somebody's, you know, really sick, anything tragic in the family, let's put all the grievances aside. Let's not make it about he said, she said stuff in the past. Let's come together, neutral ground as a team. And yes. put all those differences. Play nice, basically. And supporting, nice. supporting the children, supporting the child, right? That's experiencing yeah. the loss. Absolutely. You know, I don't care. And I tell my clients this all the time, you know, they're divorcing and they're really angry and bitter and hurt and raw. I understand that. But if you come to me talking to me about your child, I don't care because I care about the child. So as far yeah. as I'm concerned, you can be mad all day long. But when that child is concerned, you come together as a united front. You're a team. From this moment till that child is 75 years old, you are team players. You're pro kid. I you know, love every that. decision. Every decision, you know, it's not going to be, well, don't tell mom or don't tell dad. No, I'm going to call dad and I'm going to tell him what's going on or I'm going to tell mom what's going on. And we're going to talk about this together. The kid wants to go to summer camp. Great. Let's have a family meeting. Just because they don't live in the same house anymore doesn't mean you can't still be a family because, honey, you're still. Yeah, I love that, Brenda. That's really, really great. Okay, we're going to get into some hard topics here. So how does a parent help to protect their kids from abuse? The first thing is open your eyes and open your mind. Don't, I, I immediately think of a family that's in the UK and it's, well, that doesn't happen in our town. That doesn't happen in our village. No, not here. Yeah, it does. Because on LinkedIn, you know, Andrew Briarcliffe is always posting stuff that's happening in the UK. It's in the UK. It's all over. So don't be naive. Don't think, well, it's not in our town. Honey, it's in your town. It's not only in your town, probably in your church and in your school and possibly on your street. So you need to just accept it. Talk to your children. And if your child comes to you and says, so-and-so makes me uncomfortable. So-and-so touched me. They said something. I don't like them. Pay attention. Listen. Don't say, oh, you're fine. Don't do that. Don't disrespect your child. Trust that child's gut. If you went out with your friends and you're having a lovely evening and you're having drinks at a bar or a restaurant and a guy comes up and starts putting the moves on you and you don't like it, 
How would you want somebody to look at you and say, oh, you're fine? No, trust your gut. Trust their gut. Do not force the child to hug somebody or kiss somebody. You know, that Aunt Mary or Uncle Bob or whoever it is. No. And as adults, and I did this with my granddaughter because it's a sign of respect. Can I hug you? She's 12. Yeah. It's a sign of respect. Are you, and you can say, are you too big for a hug? No. You can phrase it however you want. But ask permission. And don't force your child to hug or kiss or snuggle up to somebody. Don't do it. I love that. I love that because I I grew up with um, parents making like it's it's showing respect to kiss somebody hello right to kiss relatives mm -hmm. hello or to hug mm -hmm. them uh, hello and so we weren't we weren't taught that you know maybe you don't feel good oh, about it you don't want to right something may have happened in the past and that person totally creeps you out and you're seven years old. And this person may have touched you inappropriately. And now you have mom and dad saying, oh, no, let's go give them a hug. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Exactly. And the other and thing. I'm, your child. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I what I did with my kids, because I, I did suffer abuse um, from my father. And so for, for me, I was just really aware so both of my boys at a young age, I taught them what their private parts were and that nobody's allowed to touch you if you don't want to be touched. And no adult should be touching your private parts. And so they learned that at a very young age, like toddler age, uh, throughout they were growing up. So they knew that was not right. That was wrong, right? Because I think sometimes kids that uh, that were abused or have been abused they they weren't taught that they didn't know that that wasn't okay mm -hmm. so many times yeah. it's a learned behavior and and if and we're going to talk generationally so we're going to go back to to like your grandparents the way your grandparents were parented by your great-grandparents things may have been okay and socially acceptable in that family and they passed that on to your parents who passed it on to you and you say mm -mm, it's not happening in my house I don't think so. Yeah. Just because it's happened for generations doesn't mean it has to continue. Correct. Correct. And because it's good. In a lot of families, you know, having that special relative that, you know, is a little too friendly, you know, it doesn't have to happen. Say no. Yeah, they, not they in need to, yeah, they need to listen to their feelings, right? Kids need to say, I, I don't feel comfortable. It actually protects them when we teach them that, when we teach them, it listen does. to your feelings, because your feelings will tell you this isn't, this isn't safe. This isn't good. Right. So when a child tells you, I don't like this, I don't want to do this. Somebody touch me, whatever happened. They come to mom and dad and they tell them this, believe your child. Mm -hmm. Don't say they would never do that because honey, they just did it. They probably mm -hmm. did it to you. If you think about it. Yes. You know, Exactly. I have I see that a lot with families. They will come mm -hmm. to me and this has happened, and then we're talking about it. And the child came to the parent and said this and this and this. And oh no, they would never do that. And I said, No, hang on. And I know nothing about the parent. Mm -hmm. What happened when it happened to you? And the color drains out of their face. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then they tell how bad they felt because nobody believed them. Believe your child. 
Give your yeah. child the benefit of the doubt, not the abuser, not the exactly. Never, your child never deserves your loyalty. Yes, children don't lie about those things. Those things they're not. They're not. No. No, that's not in their wheelhouse. It's so not in listen their to your child and you need to build that foundation of trust when they're young that respect your feelings and you respect what they tell you. Because, sweetheart, when they're 16 and 17 years old and they're going to be start being pressured to try smoking, drinking, drugs and sex, you want them to be able to come to you and talk to you. If exactly. you lay that foundation now, they're going to come to you. Yes, they have it set up in your house. And I love this. We did this. My son and I did this. If it's something big and they need to talk to you, write it on a piece of paper and have a safe place. You, know, you put it under a, a vase or you put it in a bowl or whatever and look there every day. See if there's anything there. And it might be some sweet little note, you know, you're the best mom ever or something like that. Or it might be, I failed, whatever. I got a D in history or, you know. And that gives you a heads up. Go ahead and deal with your feelings. You know, I've been on this kiddo, you know, about studying and all, you know, they're on their iPad all the time. Work through your emotions and then you can sit down with them without being reactive. Yes. So yes, that kind of gives you a heads up. Mm. Gives you a heads up what's going on so you can deal with your emotion. And then when you sit down with them, I want you to be calm. I want you to be very straightforward, but I want you to listen to them. Okay, yeah. they failed a test. Why? Why did you fail? Did you not understand the material? Maybe your child is dyslexic. Maybe they have a rotten teacher because that honest to God does happen sometimes. Maybe they didn't do the homework. Maybe, you know, they were distracted because they're 12 and 13 and 14. They've discovered love. And oh my gosh, instead of staring at the test paper, they're still staring at little Johnny's, you know, across the room. It's normal. It happens. Don't come unglued. Yes. Yes. Them. Find out what's going on. Find out how you can move forward. Can they do something to make up that grade? Can they write a paper? Can they do a book report? Can they do something you know, yes. to show good faith and to pull that grade back up? But work without being reactive. Yes. Because if you sit down with a child and they tell you, here's my report card and you explode, Everybody has shut down because in an argument, the first time anybody raises their voice, it's over. Yeah. It's, over. it's true that you can't get to problem solving when you're upset. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, and we have to include our kids in the problem solving process because it's, That's it's, exactly. a learn, it's a learned behavior. So if you think about it in your life as an adult, as a child, from age zero to 10 or 12, you were taught all of your coping skills from your home environment. Now, that may be wonderful and supportive and nurturing, or if you're in a toxic environment where there's drugs, alcohol, abuse, neglect, people getting mad and walking out, people going in and out of rehab, those are your coping skills. So when you have a child, seven, eight years old in school, who's acting out, find out what's going on at home because they're acting out is they're mirroring that coping skill. They don't yes. know how to cope. Yes. So if you have parents that are hitting each other, the child is probably going to be a combative child. Yeah. If you have parents who are drinking and doing drugs, you're going to have an eight-year-old who's already drinking. Mm -hmm. 
These are learned skills. Yes, yes, yes. And their behavior is communication. It is the only way they know how to communicate. Yeah. You know, a two-year-old, it would be great. You know, you have a two or three-year-old in daycare and they're biting and, you know, they're just a hot mess and the daycare calls and they're upset. And, you know, you get mad at the child. Well, hold it just a minute. What's going on at home? Mm-hmm. And then you find out because that three-year-old is frustrated about something. They don't have the verbal skills to say, pardon me, mother, can we have a dialogue? That's not going to happen. All they know to do is kick, scream, bite, and yell no and mine. Those are their two favorite words are no and mine. So find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit more about touching. What should a parent do if their child was touched inappropriately? And how can parents educate their children about inappropriate touching? Your kids, like you did, ahead of time. Because kids are going to be in social situations early on. They're going to be in daycare. A lot of people have their kids because they work in daycare as early as two months old. So as soon as your kids are capable of understanding, remember, age appropriate, start teaching them, laying that foundation of no one can touch your privates. Hmm. Nobody can see your privates. You don't touch your privates in front of other people, you know, because... We don't play the tickle game because I hear that a lot with little kids. We play the tickle game or wrestling that can get you in trouble. Lay ground rules for babysitters. I am a big fan of nanny cams throughout the house. Love the nanny cam and don't tell your babysitter where the nanny cams are. You know, don't say, oh, there's one there and there's one there. No, no, but let us not do that. So use your nanny cams and believe your children when they tell you something. The first time, the first time you see it on the nanny cam, the first time your child comes to you and tells you, you get one strike and you're out. That's your kid. That's your responsibility. There are no do-overs because once a child is inappropriately touched and violated, you can't undo that. You can't unring that bell. Yes. Once a child is molested, that's going to stay with that child forever. You can't give that molester another chance. Oh, it was a mistake. They were drunk. They were high. They were just playing. Not in my house. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. So talk to your kids early. Lay those foundations. That's excellent. Open, honest communication. And trust your child. Believe your child. Remember, your child gets your loyalty, not yes. the abuse. I love that so much. That is and so I don't care if the And I don't care if the abuser is grandma and grandpa or your favorite aunt, uncle, neighbor, brother, sister, whatever. I don't care. Your child gets your loyalty. I love it. I, I want to mention one thing. My 13-year-old, he had, um, this was a while ago when he was in elementary school. He told me he had the talk, right, um, about the uh, the private parts and stuff. And he's like, oh, mom, I didn't know there was a private part that I didn't know about. And I said, what is it? And he said, your mouth. And then I was like, oh, yeah, your mouth is a private part. You, you think private parts and you think swimsuit, right? Yes, yes. No, no, no. Your mouth is a private part. Private part. I think kids need it to know that. Part. That, they that do. was so good. I learned something. And okay. I, I don't I'm try, I don't want to be inappropriate and graphic, but some, and I've heard this on two or three different occasions throughout my practice, 
somebody will kiss a child. And it's kind of like, if you remember last year, what the Dalai Lama did, do you remember that? And I'm not, yeah. this isn't, I'm not talking about any particular religion. I'm just saying, and whether it was intentional, unintentional, it happened. A child wanted to suck his tongue. Kids see stuff on TV. They yes. think it's funny. It's goofy, whatever. The answer is no. Yeah. The only thing that goes in your mouth is the food that I fix you. Yes. You know? I love that. I love that. Oh, Brenda, so such good information. Thank you so, so, so much. Okay. If any, if people want to work with you, where do they find you? Uh, they can call you because I don't <laughs> give out. <laughs> okay. Um, Brenda, like, like that. Brenda's on LinkedIn. I, um, I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm on Facebook. Yeah, I have my personal Facebook, and then I have my public Facebook, which is Brenda Mingy hyphen pain management, and you'll see my face, and you'll know it's me. That's yeah. the best way, because I don't want to just give out my cell phone yeah. number. No, 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 and no. My email address. No, no. <laughs> so you can message me, parents, and I'm helping. I'm happy to help you connect. Okay, Absolutely. so I will. I will do anything I can to help out. Oh, thank you so much, Brenda. I learned so much and I appreciate all the work that you do um, helping families, you know, with the healing. Absolutely. Oh, so it's so impactful. So thank you so much for, for all of your wisdom. Um, I want to do one. Yeah, go ahead. No, just can I add one thing? And I, it's something I posted the other day on social media and I just wanted to toss it in. So parental role versus parental goal. And I think I had sent that to you. Yes, yes. So as you think of your role as a parent, okay, you educate your kids, you discipline your kids, you feed, you clothe, you nurture, you know, you tuck them out of bed, blah, blah, blah. That's your role as a parent. Yes. But what is your goal as the parent? Yes. And that's something completely different. The goal should be your child should always be made to feel safe, heard, understood, accepted, valued, and loved. Love it. And I mean, the list can go on and on and on. We're I on the same page, sure. Brenda. We're on the same page. Okay, I want to just, before we go, I just want to give the takeaways um, to parents. Okay, so Brenda was talking about how you need to help your kids to feel safe and provide a safe uh, environment. When they're dealing with loss, um, you come together as a family and you you talk about it and don't lie. Tell them the truth of, of what is what's happened, Okay. Um, and when your child uh, is suffering from abuse or has suffered from abuse, you need to believe them and use your eyes and, and your mind, uh, believe your child um, and listen to them. If they feel uncomfortable, don't make them hug people they don't want to hug or touch people they don't want to touch. And don't let people touch them if they don't want to be touched by those people. Uh, ask permission. This is what we're teaching them boundaries when it comes to their bodies and listening to their own feelings. So I think that is so, so, so important. So I want to say thank you so much, Brenda, for joining us today. And um, it's so great to have you. And I wish you all the best. And I want to say thank you, parents, for joining us as well. Um, you know that uh, you can follow follow me on the Masterful Parenting Um Facebook group and also Masterful Parenting Podcast. We will have more amazing interviews like this. So thank you so much for joining us. Take care. You know, I love you, parents. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
If this podcast inspired, blessed, or changed you in any way, I would love for you to share this with your family and friends on your Instagram page and tag me at Masterful Parenting and join my Masterful Parenting Facebook page or DM me for more parenting support. And I will meet you here real soon. Remember, be relational with your kids and you will see a change. Love to all you parents out there. Let's change the world one parent at a time.